0: This podcast may contain explicit language.
1: This is the
0: Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. 2018 champ Ethan Hamilton and tonight we are previewing week 15 of the NFL slate 2020 but first a few housekeeping notes if you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com also if you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward please contact us at that email address so it is week 15. It is the semi-finals for most people's fantasy leagues. Congratulations again if you've already made it this far. We started at the bottom, now we're here. And other than a truly white guy
1: citing rap lyrics, what has you excited for this week? That was, that was absolutely amazing. What has me excited is, you know, I got two teams fighting for championship spots and i think there's some really good games going on as well uh eagles versus cardinals that's super interesting to me because that has a lot of fantasy implications but also Chiefs saints i think that could be a really fun one super high scoring um those are two games for sure that i'm keeping an eye on i don't think there are any blowout
0: potential games through most of the list that i see there are a couple of games that if they go the right way probably could end up in that range, but there are none that immediately on paper that I see, other than maybe Rams and Jets or the Steelers-Bengals game on Monday night. Uh, I I think most of these are pretty evenly matched, and there's some exciting fantasy matchups that uh, could be producing a lot of points. So let's jump into the rest of the Week 15 we're going to, like we did on Tuesday, we're going to change things up a little bit from the structure. So, again, if you followed with us all season and kind of gotten into our formulaic structure, we're just going to completely throw that out and go in a completely different direction. So, Game of the Week, I have the game you just mentioned, Chief Saints. What do you have down as your Game of the Week?
1: <laughs> I did Eagles-Cardinals, mostly because of the fantasy implications, but also I think it's two really, really fun interesting quarterbacks that are going to go at it with Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. I think we're going to see what Jalen Hurts can really do. You know, teams see what the Eagles are trying to do with him on film now. So we're going to see how he responds to that. So Eagles versus Cardinals seems like a fun, interesting game to me.
0: I picked the Chiefs and the Saints, and I think it's, it's probably the most obvious matchup of the weekend simply because you're getting two of the most successful teams over the last, I don't know, five years, six years uh basically since Andy Reid went over to Kansas City and the Saints have been good since Sean Payton and Drew Brees got there in 2005 and these both have both been Super Bowl contenders for the last few years you're just looking forward to a offensive explosion in a game that has clear playoff implications, the Chiefs currently being the number one seed in the AFC, the Saints giving up number one seed privileges to the Green Bay Packers last weekend, and if they lose this game at home, giving that extra basically two-game lead to Green Bay with a a couple of games to go, provided Green Bay wins on Saturday against Carolina. I think this has a lot of storylines that could end up being rather significant to the the overall structure of how the playoffs are going to play out, how your fantasy playoffs are going to play out, and, and all of the other pieces. So this is the one that's got my attention most. Upset of the week. Uh, the one I currently see that I think is interesting, I, I don't see a lot of underdogs that I like, and I'm not a guy that likes to take a lot of favorites. So... But the one matchup I thought was a good possibility. The Cowboys are currently down three points to the 49ers at home. So I will take Dallas, who's been playing a little bit better, may have gotten a little bit more confidence against Cincinnati last week, at home against a 49ers team that is kind of beaten up, pretty much hasn't had much to play for for a while. Maybe they're still fighting for a playoff spot, but... I mean, they lost Debo Samuel on the first play of the game last week, and they lost to Washington at home. Well, I mean, at home as much as at home in Arizona can be. And I don't know if they're going to kind of, like, pack it in for the year or what exactly is going to happen. I think this is a sneaky game where there's actually quite a bit of scoring. So give me the Cowboys to upset the 49ers in Dallas.
1: What do you think goes right for the Cowboys? I was really interested to see this pick of yours. Do you think it's Zeke Elliott? Do you think it's Amari Cooper? Do you think it's Andy Dalton? What do you think goes right?
0: I think they've made enough odd plays and gotten decent contributions in a lot of different areas. So you look over the past three or four weeks, they've gotten some odd time or timely returns from Tony Pollard, either through the kick return game or taking a screen pass or just doing some interesting contributions. And with Zeke Elliott kind of being hung up, we're going to get to him here in a second when we kind of review the injury list. I think there's a possibility that this could be a sneaky Tony Pollard game that he comes kind of out of nowhere and ends up putting up a huge number just because Zeke's limited. And I think that the Cowboys, if they can keep Dalton clean, which Again, the 49ers pass rush, they have so many of their best guys out that if he if Andy Dalton has time, he's at least gotten more comfortable in the system. He's got receivers to throw to. I think he can credibly get the ball to Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz and C.D. Lamb and all these other guys that I think this could be a sneaky one where the Cowboys somehow win like 28 to 27 or something. Like, I'm not expecting them to route the 49ers by any means but i think this is not a game where either defense you feel confident in right now so it's a matter of which team do you think can put up more points and given the skill players on both teams i just think this is a one that uh, struck me as a, a possibility not necessarily that i'm i'm super confident in my upset like i was with the giants last week which we all know how that one worked out but this is just one that seemed to
1: stick out to me more than any of the others. So, who
0: was your upset
1: pick of the week? My upset pick of the week is: I'm going Bears. Uh, they're plus three against the Vikings. The Vikings have been or not been able to run the ball effectively against the Bears for a long time. As long as Dalvin Cook has been there, um, you can point to last week or the last time they played. Hakeem Hicks got hurt in that game. Dalvin Cook was pretty, pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? Corralled until that point, and then he got hurt, and that's when he started making his run towards the end of the game. He was starting to put up a little more fantasy points, and if you look at the numbers, it's a little deceiving, but you break the game down. He was really, really bad when Hakeem Hicks was there. Then you also go and you look at how good the Bears' defense has been against opposing wide receivers. They give up the third-fewest points to wide receivers as well. So Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, maybe one of them has a very good, has a pretty good game, but I don't think both of them go off like we've been seeing in the past. So I'm going Bears over the Vikings.
0: Well, if you look at the first matchup, Thielen caught the touchdowns. Jefferson was the possession guy, and he was the guy that got over 100 yards for that game. And I look at a couple of weeks ago against uh, the Bears, what Detroit ended up doing. They were able to get some downfield shots against the Bears, and I think there's a possibility there where if you get some play action, a good positive down-and-distance type of situation, that you could take some deep shots to Justin Jefferson, and maybe he produces in that regard. But I think Thielen needs to get at least a a touchdown, if not multiples, to be hugely fantasy-relevant. And I think this game might be one of those that's kind of sneaky on points more than we might think, because traditionally the Vikings and the Bears has been kind of a defensive game, but I think this one could be a little bit higher scoring. The Bears have been better on offense the last few weeks. I think this game is indoors, so the Vikings will be uh, a little bit faster than they would be outside. I I think this could be an interesting situation, so it's another one that definitely piques my interest given the amount of uh, big-time players that are going, at least in the two semifinal matchups we have in our league. Uh, They have a lot of connections. David Montgomery, Justin uh, Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, they're all playing. Allen Robinson. So I I think there are a lot of connections for fantasy matchups, and I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how this one plays out. I don't think it has playoff implications, personally, because I don't think either of these teams is probably going to make it at this point, but... We'll see how that kind of plays out yet, because it's more reliant on this point on what the Cardinals do than anything that either of these teams does. So let's go to our medical list and see if we can get some booster shots. All right, uh, Hunter Henry it will play tonight. He is coming off the injury list. Mike Williams is not expected, and I think he has been officially listed out. Keenan Allen is apparently going to play, but he seems to be limited. Austin Eckler was also on the injury report this week, but uh, apparently he is not going to be limited whatsoever. He was off the list, I think, in the last uh, few minutes that I saw. Josh Jacobs, there's a reason I said uh, screw Josh Jacobs in the last show title. Uh, I really don't care about him anymore. I lost my redraft league um, on uh, my playoff matchup last weekend, partly in, in responsibility to him. Uh, By the way, I do want to mention that when I texted you and I gave you those three options and you said, I can't trust Panther wide receivers, I was absolutely correct because Robbie Anderson had like 10 more points than uh, Josh Jacobs, and I only lost by like 25. So had I played Kareem Hunt as I originally had in my lineup, which I didn't do, and uh, not played Josh Jacobs but instead had Anderson in, I would have won that matchup. But you live, you learn. I've won that league three times, so I can't really complain too much, especially uh, because two of those titles are back-to-back. Anyway, not, not, not... uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like Drake, but uh, with more swag. We're
1: moving forward. uh,
0: Henry Ruggs (laughs) not expected for tonight. Uh, The two wide receivers for Atlanta, Julio Jones, Kelvin Ridley. Julio is not exactly expected for this weekend with a hamstring strain. He's just... He cannot stay healthy with the soft tissue injuries anymore. Calvin Ridley has been battling through a midfoot sprain for most of the season, but he is expected. He had a big game last week while he was still suffering through that. Kenny Galladay is not expected for Detroit, and I don't think Matt Stafford is either. Kenny Galladay's been dealing with a hip injury. I honestly think he'll probably be out the rest of the season at this point, because I think he's a free agent after the season. Matt Stafford, we don't know what his probability is going to be with Detroit after this season, but... It doesn't sound like his rib injury that he sustained during the game last week is going to allow him to play either. The guy that I gave a nickname to last week, but I'll give a new one to, Swiss Army James Robinson. Yes, from Jacksonville. Uh, Limited with a knee injury this week in practice. He has played through that the last two weeks, but he's been a little bit more limited. Again, take a little bit of caution, but you're probably starting him for as well as he's played all season. Devonte Parker for Miami, hamstring strain slight. He may play through it, may not. That'll be one to monitor going into Sunday. Alan Lazard has not been on the injury report per se for Green Bay, but Coach Matt LaFleur did highlight this week that they have been limiting a lot of his snaps in-game action just because of the core muscle injury that he sustained earlier in the season that kept him out for at least a number of weeks. Uh, I would expect his workload to ramp up the closer we get to the playoffs, especially with Green Bay fighting for that number one position. Let's see here. Raheem Mostert had an MRI on Tuesday, missed practice on Wednesday. I would not expect him to play. That moves uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. higher into my potential rankings, uh, especially going against the last-ranked Dallas run defense in fact i went and picked up jeff wilson jr in the dynasty league this week for that exact reason just in case somebody had an inkling to play him in front of me i don't know why dana dropped him last week but he would have been perfect for him in any of his running back flex spots so sorry dana anyway melvin gordon iii sustained a shoulder injury late in last week's game No practice on Tuesday, limited uh, the rest of the week so far. He is expected to play, especially with Philip Lindsay also dealing with an injury this week. But you don't know how effective they're going to be in that game. Ronald Jones, he had surgery for a broken finger on Tuesday. He had a pin placed. And as bad as that was going to be, and you expected him probably not to play for Sunday, much like Chris Godwin, who had this type of injury earlier in the season. He was now placed on the COVID list as of today that I saw. I would not expect him to be ready for this game. James Conner coming off a quad injury. He was very limited last week, not really effective against Buffalo. You like the matchup against Cincinnati, but frankly, Pittsburgh has not been able to run the football. Take some caution with that one. Antonio Gibson, turf toe. I'm not expecting him back or effective this week against Seattle. Uh, Usually that's at least a three- to four-week injury. We saw this last year with Devontae Adams. I would not expect to rely on him this weekend. Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed for Miami. Neither is necessarily likely for Sunday. However, Salvan Ahmed apparently was limited in practice today, so that's at least a little bit more promising after he missed practice the first two days this week. Mike Gusecki. I missed this one going out of last weekend. Dislocated his shoulder towards the end of that Miami Chiefs game, uh, likely out at least this week, and that's kind of a bummer with how well he's been playing the last couple of weeks. Obviously, that reflects our tight end rankings. Noah Fant missed most of last week due to food poisoning, but usually that's a one-time thing. I would expect him fully back this week for that Denver offense. Um, which has been up and down as of late. Zeke Elliott missed two practices, was limited in practice today. We kind of already mentioned it in talking about the Dallas game. Uh, A.J. Brown has been gutting through an ankle injury the last couple of weeks. He did play on it last week and had an absolutely enormous game. But going against that Detroit team, we don't know how much they're going to need to throw the football. This might be another one where Derrick Henry has a huge game. Robert Woods popped up on the injury report this week, did not practice Wednesday, but it seems like it's likely maintenance as the Rams prepare for a playoff run. Same thing for Michael Thomas, didn't practice Wednesday, likely in maintenance mode. DJ Moore was activated from the COVID list this week. I would expect him to play this weekend on Saturday against Green Bay. Brandon Cooks, limited Wednesday in practice, but was limited last week before he ended up playing for Houston, day of a game against Indianapolis. Jamison Crowder is the last one on my list, did not practice Wednesday, was a little bit limited Thursday. The Jets play that vaunted uh, Rams defense that is currently number one in the fantasy rankings. Did I miss any notable ones that you can think of? Hearing none, let's move to real or not. (laughs) KJ <laughs> Hamler had a big week last week against Carolina. He is coming off of two long touchdowns. He gets the Bills this week. Do you expect him to pop off again, real or not?
1: He's boomer bust. I really love him as a prospect, fast, dynamic, crazy burst. He's a really good slot guy. Um, but I'm going to go not for this week. But I do like him for a career.
0: Tua Tagovailoa was in the top five of quarterbacks for last weekend, but he's missing Devonte Parker possibly and definitely Mike Geseki. They're kind of juggled at the position for running back. Do you think he has an additionally big week this week?
1: Missing a lot of people. That's tough on a rookie. That's tough in general, especially on a rookie. I'm going to go not. I would be in
0: agreement on that one as well. Uh, Justin Herbert playing this evening against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll do that one for you so you don't have to screw up. Just uh, doing, doing a little favor there for you. Uh, he's potentially got a limited Keenan Allen. He's got uh, guys that popped up all over the injury report. No Mike Williams. Is he uh, going to continue his downward slide, or are we going to see the uh, Justin Herbert from earlier in the season?
1: you know as much as a slide as he has been on he is three touchdowns away only from breaking the rookie record that being said you know he's he's going to have no mike williams tonight and limited keenan allen i'm going to go not
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect out of Justin Herbert. I'm not buying this slide. I think the real Justin Herbert was earlier in the year. Absolutely. I just don't know what they're going to get and what Raiders team is going to show up if they're going to be motivated because they have to basically win out to try and make the playoffs. Real or not, Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts putting up 100 yards on the ground each last weekend against the Saints defense. This week they get Arizona. Are they real or not?
1: I'm going to go real. Uh, When Miles Sanders is involved in the offense, he's really good. Rushing yards per game, he's got 5.7, just second behind Nick Chubb. Um, He also leads the NFL in touchdowns of 40-plus yards. I think Jalen Hurts as a quarterback gives a big dynamic to him and really helps him out. I'm going to go real, and I need it to be real.
0: I don't think if we're expecting Jalen Hurts to be in the top 10 of quarterback positions and Miles Sanders to be in the top five at running back position, that this is real. I'll go not. I also don't think either of these guys is going to get over 100 yards, but could they be fantasy relevant, get you double-digit points, maybe be a spot start, depending on what your other options are? Sure, I can buy that.
1: Spoiler, spoiler. I'm going to talk more about Jalen Hurts later in the show, so stay tuned.
0: All right. Good preview there. (laughs) uh marquez valdez scantling ended up catching more than a long touchdown pass for you know one of those weird let's say once in a while breakout plays he actually was a full receiver last weekend is he real or not
1: i think he's real i think with a guy that as packer fans we think he struggled as much as we think he has this year there's one person that has not lost trust in him, and that is Aaron Rodgers. If you got Aaron Rodgers on your side trusting in you, you're going to get your opportunities and you're going to get the ball. I'm going to go real for MTS.
0: With Alan Lazard still being limited on his snap count, I think there aren't a ton of options. And if uh, you get the uh, Panthers doubling Devontae Adams, even though he's been matchup proof and we've seen that time and time again, I still think that there's room for Marquez Valdes-Scantling to end up getting some uh, decent catches and targets across the field because I don't see him only throwing to Adams or Tanya in the whole game. It's just not going to happen. So I think there's possibilities here. I'm going to go real. Keelan Cole had a huge week for Jacksonville last weekend with Mike Glennon still at quarterback. We did see a little bit of Gardner Minshew towards the end of the game.
1: Is he for real or not? Nah? I'm going to go not too much turnover. That's really hard to keep up with. I just think it's a tougher matchup this weekend. I'm going to go not.
0: Definitely up and down. Richard Higgins has been playing a lot better since Odell Beckham Jr. went out for the season. He's had some decent games here and there for Cleveland.
1: Is he for real or not? Man, this is a tough one because I think it really does have a lot to do with how good Baker Mayfield is going to be and how much attention Jarvis Landry is going to be. So I'm going to put a sleeper sign next to Rashard Higgins, but I think he does have a pretty decent game, so I'm going to go real.
0: As far as consistency, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go not. Irv Smith Jr. finally breaking out for the Minnesota Vikings. For
1: real or not? Irv Smith Jr., you know, I'm going to go real. Before, I was thinking not, but I'm going to go real, and I think it's because of how good Chicago covers wide receivers. I think that's going to leave him in a lot of good opportunities underneath. So, yeah, I'm going to go real.
0: This is exactly what Minnesota has been trying to do for the last couple of years, trying to get him involved in the offense and be the eventual replacement for Kyle Rudolph. I'm definitely buying. This is for real for me. J.K. Dobbins has finally emerged as the Baltimore running back to have. Real or not?
1: Absolutely real. He's been the best back on that team all season long. I still don't understand why it took so long for him to get incorporated into the offense. I feel like he's a running back that you want to have for sure. For real.
0: Absolutely. All right. These players had 10 points or less this weekend or last weekend. Below 10 points again, J.D. McKissick. Real
1: or not? That's tough because, you know, with his receiving ability, so it really depends on how much work he gets out of the backfield through the air. I still think it's below. I'm going to go below 10.
0: I'm going to go that way, too, and it's only because K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner are excellent coverage linebackers against running backs. I just think this is a bad matchup for him. I would expect him below 10 points again. Tyler Lockett, again, had an under-10-point performance.
1: Real or not? I'm going to go not. I think it's a DK game. And Washington has been very, very good on defense. So I think DK is good enough to overcome it. I don't think Tyler Lockett will have a decent game.
0: Just to clarify, because I'm going in the negative, technically what you're saying is by saying not, that he would go above 10 points this weekend. No,
1: it's below 10. All right. So I just wanted to clarify for the audience.
0: Yes. Real that he gets below 10 points again. All right. Adam Thielen.
1: Chicago's pretty good on defense, but I really think that he ends up scoring a touchdown. So I'm going to go over 10 points.
0: Yeah, I'm going not as well. I think Adam Thielen has only had like two or three games all season that he's been under 10 points. He's been as touchdown machine. I think he's in the top 10 for total uh, wide receiver points for the season. I'm definitely going on the above 10 points. Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, It's hard to bet against him, you know, and I feel like I'm kind of talking back about what I was saying earlier about how productive, you know, the Chicago is against opposing wide receivers, but you got to trust your studs. I'm a firm believer in that. So I think he'll be over 10 points.
0: Did you learn ventriloquism? Wait, Why? Because it was like my words coming out of your
1: mouth. It was weird. (laughs) All right. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. I think he has a, very, very good game. Uh, Chris Godwin, I think, is the one that suffers.
0: I might tend to agree, but I think part of it has to do with the fact that uh, as good as, or I guess consistency has been the thing for Mike Evans based on touchdowns. He has had very few games this season, if uh, more than one or two, that he hasn't at least caught one touchdown. So if he catches at least one touchdown, and the fact that I think he is a primary receiver for Tom Brady in a Decent matchup against Atlanta. I would guess that he at least gets the end zone once. He becomes back or goes back over 10 points. I'm going to say not. Deshaun Watson being below average. Real or not?
1: Below average, absolutely. He's got no weapons. He's got absolutely nobody. They're going up against a very stout Colts defense. They get the six fewest points to quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm going to go he has a pretty tough week.
0: I think when they caught Indianapolis two weeks ago, it was a combination that Indianapolis really didn't know what to expect and figured out a way to win that game. I think they have a little bit more read on it. They got a little bit of a preview of what the Bears did last weekend, and I don't think Indianapolis has two bad games against the same team. I'm going to go that he's not a, or that it's real that his below average uh, play continues this week. All right, some basic start sits. Dallas against san francisco are you starting or sitting amari
1: cooper i'm starting amari cooper and i'll even make this easy for you the rest of them i'm not i'm not playing i'm gonna sit zeke elliott and cd lamb i don't like those matchups at all honestly I think I might start Amari Cooper.
0: Now, I say that knowing full well he's not currently in my lineup, but it's because I can't really sit Justin Jefferson. I can't sit Kareem Hunt after that game last week. can't sit Cam Akers. Like You start going through it, and I can't insert him into my lineup, which is okay by me because it takes a little bit away from the amount of Tums I have to take this weekend. So just putting that out there. Michael Pittman Jr. and T.Y. Hilton against
1: Houston. Start or sit? T.Y. Hilton's been really, really hot. You know, you talked about it two weeks ago about how he's he's going to come up and he's going to win somebody like a championship just by being T.Y. Hilton. I like T.Y. Hilton this week. Michael Pittman, depending on the lineup, I think he's a, a sneaky sleeper start this week. But T.Y. Hilton for sure.
0: Michael Pittman, my issue has been he's gotten a lot of targets, but he hasn't gotten a lot of catches. So they haven't really figured out exactly the ways they want to use him quite yet. T.Y. Hilton is the safer bet. I would sit Michael Pittman Jr. for this weekend just because we haven't seen it in a couple of weeks. I start uh, T.Y. Hilton if it's like a redraft league and you don't have enough studs to keep him out of the lineup. Uh, The Tampa Bay offense, essentially, versus Atlanta. Are you starting or sitting Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Gronkowski?
1: I like everyone except for Chris Godwin, and that absolutely hurts because I have Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has never gone over twenty points so far this year. Yeah, he's had three games under eight. You know, Tom Brady is spreading the ball around. You said it yourself. Mike Evans and Gronk are the ones that are getting all the touchdowns. So Chris Godwin is the one I'm sitting. Which
0: is interesting because I thought you had Chris Godwin in your lineup earlier this week.
1: Yeah, I think I did, but that was just to know mess You're with. He's still Daleks. in your
0: starting lineup.
1: That was just to mess with, yeah. Because I honestly, I don't have, I don't really have anybody else. Julio is not going to play. I don't really like Zeke Elliott. That's kind of what I. That's kind of what I got now. You're
0: kind of forced into playing a guy that you would normally sit.
1: I'm not super excited about it, so I'm hoping he f- ends up falling into the end zone this week. Yeah, which
0: I, I get it. Yeah. I definitely get it. It's
1: rough out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are starting also Gronk, so I do want to give that credit. Uh,
1: Robbie Anderson. Huh? I said thank you. (laughs)
0: Uh, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel versus Green Bay. Start or sit?
1: Out of everyone on that list, the one I like the most is DJ Moore. I can't really give you a reason why. I think maybe it's because he's had a couple weeks off. He's fresh. I'm going DJ Moore.
0: Uh, It depends on whether Green Bay shadows or not, and I think they've been a little bit better, except when they kind of take their foot off the gas and kind of control the the situation a little bit more, but if Green Bay gets a lead in this game and Carolina's got to come back, the Green Bay defense actually has been better about sacks and turnovers, so I still think all three of these guys could be relevant, it just depends on what your other options are. Curtis Samuel's been kind of hot lately. Robbie Anderson's been oddly consistent and probably the most consistent of these three guys to at least get you double-digit points. And I'm really not sure what DJ Moore is going to offer coming back off of COVID. Some players react poorly, some don't. I just don't know. And if he ends up drawing an assignment where he's got Jair Alexander in his pocket all day, that does concern me. But I probably wouldn't mind rolling with any of these three. Melvin Gordon III and Noah Fant versus Buffalo. Start or sit?
1: Uh, I'm starting Melvin Gordon if he's healthy, because Philip Lindsay's going to be hurt, so you know he's going to just get that much more work. Noah Fant really hasn't done anything to prove that I he should be in my starting lineup, so I'm sitting him.
0: Unless you can find somebody else on the waiver wire, I fully sympathize with your plight at tight end, and it may be that you don't have any other options. It's not the worst option in the world, but I don't know. I I would probably be searching for another option. I would agree on that front. Melvin Gordon III, you like the matchup, but you don't like the injury and you don't like the offense. But he has been productive when he's gotten the carries. So it's just a matter of how banged up is he and how effective is he going to be versus a run defense that hasn't been particularly great uh, currently. I would say that if you've been rolling Melvin Gordon the last few weeks, you have no... uh, you don't have an issue with starting him going forward, at least this week. The Titans, Ryan Tannehill and Corey Davis, start or sit?
1: I love Ryan Tannehill this week. Going up against a very soft lines defense, I think he could end up getting a touchdown or two, and that's really a very good game for Ryan Tannehill. So I love Ryan Tannehill this week. Corey Davis, I think, is someone that you can safely put into your lineup because AJ Brown is still dealing with that ankle. Yeah, he had a really good game last week, but it it kind of depends it, with with the. You never really know how he'll how it reacted to this week of treatment and everything like that. So I still think Corey Davis is a pretty safe start.
0: So in a game that you would probably need both Corey Davis and AJ Brown not to have a ton of catches, I actually. It depends on whether Matt Stafford's playing, because the Detroit offense is pretty much uh, reliant on a decent quarterback showing up. Now, they've been a little bit more explosive with Daryl Bevel having the reins taken off on him by uh, Matt Patricia being fired the last couple of weeks. But if Matt Stafford's not playing, and it's likely that he's going to be out right now, I think that Tennessee might be up big in this game and not have to throw the football very much. And if that's the case, I actually don't think either of these guys is going to have a great game. So I think it's kind of predicated on how the game script goes more than anything. But I can't fault you if you start either of these guys. They kind of fall on that line for me. I would start them in a good matchup normally. But this might be a situation where, because of uh, how things are progressing, this is a game where I'm definitely banking on Derrick Henry. But the rest of the Titans may underperform and it may cost you your game. Evan Ingram... Sterling Shepard and Wayne Goleman. The New York Giants this week uh, being coached by, once again, Freddie Kitchens, who is apparently going to be calling the plays this weekend for the Giants because Jason Garrett is out with COVID against the team he coached last season, Cleveland. Start or
1: sit? I feel like I don't feel safe starting really any of them. I feel like Evan Ingram is kind of a sleeper start. Maybe he has a good game. I don't really like Wayne Gallman this week, so I'm going to really go with none of them start. I'm going to sit them all. I know that
0: the Giants are pressing for a playoff spot, but let's be honest. You want to keep your franchise quarterback or the guy that you project to be your franchise quarterback healthy and putting him out there where he's limited, where he's playing on one and a half hamstrings right now against possibly the best outside pass rusher in the game, and Miles Garrett is probably criminal negligence. I would sit everybody because I honestly don't think the Giants are putting up a ton this week uh, with Colt McCoy sitting back there. Let's go to the Seattle players Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson versus Washington this week. Start or sit?
1: I like Chris Carson. When he's healthy, he gets the work. Seattle, you know, we all know, they're a running football team. Everything goes better when they can run the football. Tyler Lockett, I said earlier, I don't really like all that much. I think it's a DK week. I
0: think that uh, Seattle really wants to be able to give Chris Carson the ball. They got a little bit of it last week, but they could sit him in the fourth quarter, which limited his ability Uh, to put up huge fantasy numbers for you. I think he's going to get a full workload this week because I think the way to beat Washington right now is you've got to really power it right at them, take away that pass rush, and not get in long, down-and-distance situations. I like Chris Carson to play. He is currently locked into one of my two running back spots. Tyler Lockett, I think you're starting him because he could go off for one of those weird weeks, especially with how well Washington's played on the outside against receivers. But I... Frankly, with every time you have to start Tyler Lockett this year, it's start and hope. Uh, Let's go to the Kansas City-New Orleans game. This was the one big question mark I had when I told you earlier in the episode that start everybody associated with Kansas City or New Orleans. CEH and Le'Veon
1: Bell, start or sit? I don't think that... I I think this is a really big aired-out game, especially for Kansas City. I don't really like any running back play. I think there's a lot of points scored. Maybe they end up getting a, a touchdown, but I much would much rather have a Chiefs wide receiver or the Chiefs tight end than the two running backs. The
0: Chiefs have not shown that they're going to throw the ball to either of these guys out of the backfield. They're going to go to Travis Kelsey. They're going to go to Tyreek Hill. And the strength of the New Orleans defense has been against the run, save for last week's weird game against the Eagles. I don't like either of these guys, and I'm definitely not relying on them in a playoff matchup. sit both of them. Uh, The Cleveland Browns players. So Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Rashard Higgins versus the Giants. Start or sit?
1: Can't argue with what Kareem Hunt did last week, and you can't argue with what Jarvis Landry has been doing over the course of this last couple of, or this last month. Those two people I like a lot for a start. Higgins, he can—he's kind of a sneaky sleeper for me. I'd still sit him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a pretty decent game.
0: The Giants are definitely going to need to perform well in or on defense in order to have a shot at winning this game and keeping themselves in playoff contention, but. I agree with you. You can't really argue with the late production of Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt. Their offensive line has been great. It's just a matter of how often these guys are going to get the ball. So if there's one player in my lineup this weekend that I'm most concerned about, it's Kareem Hunt, but you got to start him after last week and just kind of hope that it comes together. All right, let's look to the Rams players. Cam Akers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup against the New York Jets. Start or start?
1: I love me some Cam Akers this week against the New York Jets. I love me some Cam Akers. Give me all the Cam Akers that you can get. I'm starting him in my redraft league, and I couldn't wait to put him into my lineup for that. Uh, after that, I feel good about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but I just feel like they might get scripted out of this game, and that's what worries me a little bit. If you got them, though, you're probably starting them because they've been really good all year long. So I think you start all of them.
0: If Cam Akers goes for 40 points in this game and helps me beat my dad on this a pe- potential trophy that we may buy for the league, I think I'm going to put a picture of Cam Akers like a fixed or like engraved into the trophy. Can I sound, like have, sound good?
1: Can I have like my face maybe on the football like he's carrying me? Because I was I've been banging the table on Cam Akers all summer long. Can, you, a small get one. A,
0: can you get a recognition on the podcast and suffice? <sighs>
1: Screw you, Tom. Let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> TJ Hackinson, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones this weekend against the Titans. Start or sit?
1: TJ Hackinson, you know, he's one of the top five, I think you can say, d- dynasty tight ends in the league right now. Love him. Start him. Kenny Galladay, if he's healthy, even then, I don't know because we really haven't seen too much from him this year. Marvin Jones, he's kind of a sleepy start for me, especially with Kenny Galladay probably being out again. I would feel like you could start Marvin Jones depending on what you have. So I'd say Hawkinson and maybe Marvin Jones depending on your lineup.
0: Galladay is not likely to play, and if Stafford's also not going to play, I'm not rolling with any of these guys in a playoff matchup. Sit for me. Uh, James Connors, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool against Cincinnati on Monday night. Start or sit?
1: For me, it's Juju and Deontay uh, Johnson. Chase Claypool has kind of been quiet over the course of these last couple weeks. And for James Conner, the Steelers can't run the ball, and they won't run the ball. They don't run the ball. So he's an absolute sit for me. Juju and Johnson.
0: Agreed, almost 100%. And I think that the fine line between those guys being hugely fantasy-relevant and being what they have been the last couple of weeks, is whether or not they catch a couple of the balls they've been dropping lately. If they can just simply put those together, uh, I would think that they are in a much better position. Let's go with the Washington football team players against Seattle. J.D. McKissick, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, start or sit?
1: J.D. McKissick, he's a sleeper for me, depending on how much work he gets out of the backfield. T.J. McLaurin, uh, he's a start absolutely every single week. Logan Thomas, I think he's the sit for me just because I think Seattle's linebackers are that damn good.
0: So, you already heard my opinion on McKissick. I think he's below 10 points again. And so, in a playoff matchup where you need basically 10 points out of everybody that's possibly in your lineup, I don't feel great about him. Terry McLaurin, he's been like, I think, a combined five points fantasy wise the last two weeks. And he's going, yes, against that Seattle secondary, but he might have Dwayne Haskins as his quarterback. Definitely not. He and Logan Thomas are sits for me as well. I'm not starting any of these guys.
1: Did Alex Smith not practice today?
0: I didn't see whether or not he did, but he's not currently listed on the injury report. I just, I don't feel great uh, about Washington right now, even though they ended up winning last week. I just, there's something about this game that seems weird to me. And given the reliability of them over the last couple of weeks, I'm just going with the trend a little bit. I got you. Go with the Ravens players against Jacksonville. J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. Start or sit?
1: Wait, who are they playing?
0: Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Then you start them. I'd say you start them. I think that all three of these guys could end up in the top five at their position by the end of the week. They have a good matchup. Jacksonville's pretty much going to give up on their season. They've pretty much locked in a top two pick and to get a new starting quarterback. Unless Gardner Minshew comes in with some attitude, which I don't see happening uh, i think that the ravens got some swagger back and are making a playoff push i think you can start all of these guys pretty safely right now after what we saw on monday night all right the packers players against carolina on saturday robert tonyan aaron jones mvs alan lazard
1: start or sit i like everyone there except for alan lazard mvs is really starting to gain a lot of more trust with 12 Robert Tanyan, I feel like he's good for a touchdown a game now. I mean, you can't really argue that he's been he's been one of the favorite targets for Aaron Rodgers in the red zone and just on long just plays in general. Like he's he's a big play guy. So everyone except for Lazard.
0: Carolina's defense hasn't been great against the run this season so you'd think that Aaron Jones was going to be having a good game but unless he gets in the end zone which he hasn't done a lot of this season I think he only has seven touchdowns so far through week 14 I'm just not counting on him to be a huge playoff performer at this point. The Packers have clearly proven they're going to throw the ball much more than they're going to run it, and unless he rips off one of those huge touchdowns like he did against the Eagles two weeks ago, I just don't see it. Sit him for me. Robert Tanyan is getting into the end zone just about every week, as you mentioned. He's a start for me. Uh, Marquez valdez Scanling is an interesting flex curiosity position, but he's been so inconsistent, I don't think I'm relying on him or Alan Lazard for anything for a playoff matchup where you've got to rely on, on your studs. Those guys are sits for me. All right. That was good. There you go.
1: All right. Underrated studs of the week. Who was your quarterback nominee? All right. Here we go. Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go. Jalen Hurts is my underrated stud of the week, and this is why. He had 100 yards rushing last week. Um, he was pretty mediocre in the passing game. You know, he had 167 passing yards for his first NFL start completing 56% of his passage, which, which isn't awful, but it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. But this is why I think that he will have a pretty decent week and why he's my underrated set of the week. The Cardinals, they give up the fifth most rushing yards to quarterbacks. We all know how important having a rushing quarterback is in fantasy football. You've, you've been banging on the drum about it. I think Jalen Hurts has a pretty good game. I think he could go for over 100 yards again, and I think he'll have a touchdown on the ground as well.
0: Yes, yeah, so in, in fact, the drum I'm banging on is the Tom Toms. Anyway, uh, my underrated quarterback of the week, Taysom Hill. Uh, I, You've seen it how many different times this season that quarterbacks have to raise their game, they have to score more points against Kansas City because Kansas City can just simply outscore you. We saw it with Tua last week. We've seen it with Derek Carr twice this season. I expect Taysom Hill, especially since Kansas City is not a great run defense, to run the ball a lot in this game. I think he has over 50 yards. I think he gets into the end zone a couple of times on the goal line. I would expect him to potentially have a huge game against Kansas City, especially with Drew Brees not being back yet and uh, Hill getting the start at quarterback. I think they're going to have to put up a lot to try and compete in this game. Who is your running back stud of the week?
1: Underrated stud of the week at running back for me is going to be Leonard Fournette with Ronald Jones, probably out. I think Leonard Fournette sees obviously a bulk of the carries in three games that he's had 10 plus carries. He's averages 15 points a game in half point PPR. Leonard Fournette is my underrated stud of the week at running back.
0: Interesting.
1: I thought you like I, that one.
0: Yeah, I've, debated him back and forth a few different times so I, I can't necessarily fault you for that one. So I suppose I should have clarified our underrated studs of the weeks are guys that are projected outside of the top five that we expect or that we uh, think may end up inside the top five at the position for this weekend. I'm gonna go Jeff Wilson Jr. I kind of already mentioned it a little bit before, but with the Cardinal or excuse me the 49ers playing the worst run defense in the NFL, they're still playing with a ba- a backup quarterback. They still don't have George Kittle back. They lost Depot Samuels for the rest of the regular season. I think this is a game where you could get a lot of Brandon Ayuk. You could get a lot of run game out of San Francisco. Uh, currently, Raheem Mostert is out, and I don't expect him to play this weekend. Jeff Wilson Jr. has gotten 21 carries over the last two games. I expect him to get all the workload, and against this defense, I expect him to be an underrated stud this weekend. Who is your underrated stud at wide receiver?
1: I'm going to go with Russell Gage, with Julio Jones likely being out, and this is just if Julio Jones is out. He has eight targets a game over the last four weeks. Julio has played in some of those games, but I just think that number will obviously jump up with Julio being out. I think Russell Gage will have the opportunity. Calvin Ridley is still hobbled a little bit. Russell Gage for me.
0: I want to mention that Dana just dropped Russell Gage today. I saw that.
1: I saw that when I was writing this up, and it made me giggle a little.
0: Yeah. (laughs) My underrated stud of the weekend, I can't really understand why, is Allen Robinson. He has been an absolute stud the last few weeks. I know he's going against Minnesota, which has been better in the passing game, you know, maybe over the second half of this season. But with him and the Trubisky train leaving the station every week right now, give me all the Allen Robinson I can get. Uh, Who is your underrated tight end of the week?
1: Underrated tight end is Dan Arnold. You know, over the course of the last four yeah, over the course of the last four games, he only has six catches. But in those for those six catches, four of them have gone for touchdowns. Philadelphia has given up eight touchdowns to tight ends this year. I feel like if Kyler Murray gets into the red zone, it'll be Dan Arnold.
0: I'm gonna go with Jordan Reed of San Francisco against Dallas. I think this could be a higher scoring game than people are thinking necessarily and with the lack of targets available in the passing game for San Francisco I think he could get into the end zone at least once at making your fantasy week this is a guy that uh, at one time or another was an absolute stud for Washington I fear for his health but I think this weekend he could have a big game defensive stream of the week I have Miami versus New England I don't think it's any surprise how I feel about the Miami defense over the last I don't know a year and a half, but they are clearly one of the best in the NFL. They're a top five fantasy defense on the season, and we just saw New England get demolished uh, against the uh, Rams last Thursday night. I know it's Bill Belichick versus his disciple Brian Flores, but I expect this to be an interesting game. Who
1: do you have? I have Seattle against Washington, not only because I really, really need it, but see our Washington as you said could be rolling out a backup quarterback Seattle has been very good defensively well not very good but much better defensively the second half of the season I think they have a pretty decent game against the Washington offense
0: all right let's move into our long shots of the week the guys that we're just taking an absolute flyer on we may have just an intuition that they some might somehow might come out of nowhere in order to surprise you the first one up on my list Lynn Bowden jr. He was a guy that was the converted quarterback for Kentucky last year. He ended up getting traded after being drafted by the Oakland oh, let's see, now I even did it. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> The Las Vegas Raiders to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have basically had him off the roster most of the year, and he has now made him, himself available. He had a decent weekend last weekend as kind of a running back wide receiver for them with the amount of targets that are limited in this offense with Gaseki and Parker being out with uh, all the injuries they have. And I know that Bill Belichick is great against rookie quarterbacks, but give me some Lyddon Bowden Jr. this weekend against New England. Who
1: is your first long shot? I really did like me some Lynn Bowden Jr., um, this, especially this past summer watching his film. I think if he ends up in the right situation and he can figure it out, he, especially he's going to take a little longer because, like you said, played quarterback, then played wide receiver, you know, played wide receiver and then played quarterback, you know. He's going to take a little bit, but he's raw. He's very, very fast super athletic and i think those guys you just got to give them time so i'd like that lynn Bodden pick and i'm going to take somebody that's kind of similar to that i'm going to go kj hamler i think he could go for okay. another i think he could go for another long bomb this this weekend i'm gonna take a shot in the dark i like kj hamler i'll give him a shout out
0: yeah not a bad idea especially since we're taking some uh risks on these one we're and taking i know some- <laughs> i know i said this guy should be a sit but there's just something in my mind, the way he's played over the last few weeks, and even when he's dropped a ball, Aaron Rodgers has gone right back to him. I think that Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling is starting to prove that he's a capable enough receiver to be relied upon in big situations. I like him this weekend as a potential long shot against Carolina. Do I have any confidence in starting him in a playoff game? Hell no. But I think he has a possibility of having one or two of these long touchdowns and somehow finding his way into the top ten of that position.
1: Who do you have as your second long shot? You know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't get a second long shot. That's all right, because I have a bonus for everybody.
0: (laughs) I think this is a game where New Orleans has to ball control, try and keep casey's offense off the field and i think that they're going to run the ball a lot that means they're more than likely going to be power running so i think this is a latavius murray game against kansas city i think he has the possibility of at least getting into the end zone once uh, making elvin Kamara fans just rip their hair out whatever little hair they have left or left uh sorry ben and uh seeing where things fall after the weekend our league matchup preview. It is our semifinals, and we've kind of already mentioned it. But you're playing LDH. I am playing Akron Pros. Father and son
1: versus high school buddies. So, uh, what, how you feeling? You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty nervous, but, I mean, to be the best, you got the, you got to beat the best. And I think both of us can agree that his team over the course of the last month Month and a half has been by far the best team that's been in our league. You know, you got to go through them. So we're going to see what we can do, but I don't feel great, if that's what you're asking. I don't feel great.
0: I would say normally that I'd feel great playing Dana's team, which has been snake bitten, until he ends up winning a game that he really had no business winning last weekend to win his first playoff matchup. He's 5-8 and eight on the season and could end up in the championship game because he has some type of weird playoff magic almost every single fucking year. And it annoys the hell out of me. And he won't <laughs> let me hear the end of it if he ends up fucking winning. So I pray to the fantasy gods, please let me win this one so that I at least can go to sleep at night. <sighs> as far as your matchup, I honestly don't know who to root for. I'm more scared of Derek's <laughs> team, but I definitely don't
1: want to root you, for yours. You don't want me to win. You haven't wanted me to win all year long. I know. It's fine. It's, it's fine. I understand. But do you really want to face Derek's team? Like, do you really oh, no. want to play that? No, I am terrified of playing that Yo, team next week. Then root for me to be in the championship for the third year in a row. Let's do this. Mano y mano. Me, you. Let's get it going. I'm rooting for you, because I'd much rather have you win than Dana. (laughs) I think at least if it's the possibility of me
0: versus Derek, we have a new champion in the league, and I can get behind that idea. But I already have plans if, for whatever reason, I somehow come out on top and win the championship this year, I have a very special way of celebrating it that will be apparent on the show. So, all right, we will let you know after the weekend how it's shaped up. Uh, Current lineups are pretty much set. I have not tinkered with mine at all this week, whereas Dana has, like, ad-dropped, like, 17 guys. So I'm just hoping he outsmarts himself and somehow inserts somebody into his lineup that shouldn't have been there, and I can just sit back and relax a little bit more. But I have a feeling I'm going to be popping antacids all weekend. But... (laughs) Thank you to all the listeners for sticking with us to this point and the Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We'll be back again next week to recap this weekend's action for you. Until then.
1: Good luck, everybody. Good luck, good luck, good luck. And please, please, please wear a mask.
0: This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan and a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.